it was this morning about, I would say, 4 a.m. Who watches Baby Shark in here? Anyone know what Baby Shark is? I've got, I've got uh, two hams. Uh, Aria, she'll be two in July. They kept going off on me last night. I thought it was possessed by a demon at 4 a.m. I got up as I was leaving the house. I took that baby shark and I threw it in a dumpster and someone, you know, commercial property, but I'm still scarred from that. So forgive me if I, I seem a little out of my baby was crying all night. And if you have kids, that's the glory of having children. But hey, we're looking at this morning. Now what? Now what? Who went to church this past Sunday? Anyone go? A couple of you. Okay. Amen. Any go to, anyone go to Bedside Baptist Church? That's when you uh, lay in bed and watch from YouTube. It's a good Baptist joke. That was supposed to be funny. My wife says, I, uh, she says, Jose, this is my wife. I love her. She says, Jose, you need to go buy you a personality and humor at Walmart. I said, you, mar- you married me. I said, you married me. You can't leave now. But, hey, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, coming to chapel, but, but also uh, being present and listening. I know it's very difficult to come into a, a chapel setting when it's very unfamiliar with you and, and you, quite frankly, it's not your thing. And, and church, you've never been and you're uh, intimidated by it when you say chapel. When you walk in here, you kind of feel all uh, tight and you don't feel relaxed. It's okay. You, you can breathe in here. This is a place where I want you to be open to the faith, open to God's word piercing your heart, open to who God is. And I would just ask one thing. Don't close your heart right now. It is so important that we contemplate life of what, what now? Was it all for just a nice photo? Who took a photo and posted on social media? Anyone on Instagram? Right? If you didn't, you weren't in on that. So you had to have proof that you went to church on Easter Sunday with your best outfit. You know, I know my family, they bought, my wife bought some new dresses for my babies. But I was plain and simple. And my wife didn't like that. I didn't match her too well. But those of you who don't know my wife, don't tell her I said that, okay? But now what, it's, it's, we go to church, it's Easter Sunday, we've lived these 40 days anticipating the Resurrection Sunday, and you're looking forward to going back home, going to church with your friends and family, and you go to church and you walk out, you're like, is it already over? Anyone feel like that? Like, you feel like you were going, 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 all of a sudden, wait, did I just miss it? Did I just miss it? If you're like me, oftentimes at church, oftentimes I feel like, Lord, why am I singing to you if my heart's not in it? Lord, why am I singing, worshiping you if, if I'm thinking about lunch or if I'm thinking about what must be done after church or I'm thinking about Bible studies after church? If you're like me, my mind is so scattered. I think way out there and I often miss here and now. But I pray that our hearts and minds would be settled. Let me pray before we begin. Father, I thank you. You say, be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted amongst the nations. Father, I pray for the one who is, does not know Jesus, they would receive Christ as Lord and Savior this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11, I don't think I have that up there right now. Proverbs 26, 11, I'll go ahead and read it. It says this, as a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his Foolishness. Now, who ha- raise your hand if you have a dog? Anybody? Yeah. Are they cute dogs? See, my in-laws, they have a little, okay. My father-in-law told me last week at the baseball game, Jose, dogs know that you're not a do- dog person. 
So forgive me if you have a dog and, and I kind of feel nervous around it. I just don't like being licked. That's just me. But we have a dog named Snickers, and praise the Lord, I love him. Um, and he likes me because I gave him Brahms when I wasn't supposed to, when I was taking care of him. But imagine your dog. Imagine the dog that you love, you cherish. It's your baby, okay? Now imagine this. I'm taking a turn. Imagine your dog going back to its vomit. Anyone see that in real life? Yeah. It was a scene, wasn't it? Gross. Now, did you post it on social media? And No, it's not glorious, right? So this picture here is really where we're going at this morning. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. This proverb talks about in Peter, 2 Peter 2, the context is a false teaching that's infiltrating the church and teachers that are preaching what the gospel isn't. They are removing Christ out of the gospel. And he's saying, quoting this proverb, saying, you know what, false teachers, you are like a dog. And that day a dog was like, you were, if you were called a dog, it was you were going to pull up, you were going to, you know, square up on somebody. But a dog to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. And I can go on on vomit, trust me, but my two babies, we can go there. And I don't want to get you grossed out in chapel. As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. What about yourselves? As, as Christians, we've been saved, we've been born again, we have the Spirit of God in us. But we feel like we're just barely hanging on. And the semester just flies by and you're thinking, okay, I have to enroll in classes, I have to get my FAFSA ready. Will I come back? Am I transferring them out? What's next? What is next? So we're thinking here and we often miss out now. I want to remind you as the semester closes, be present with those around you. People are still hurting even though school is going to end. People still need to be heard and some relationships still need to be reconciled. So I want to encourage you as, as a believer, when you see somebody sitting alone, my, my prayer is that no one sits alone here at Sterling College. You may choose to do so, but I, if I see you sitting by yourself, I'm going to come up to you. Hey, can I sit by you? We're to love each other. But as a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. What sin do we continue returning to? If you're like me, it's jealousy, okay? If it's anger, I get, I get mad easy. Or I can't, control, I can't control sometimes my speech. I realize I'm human. When I have a good conversation with my spouse, I sometimes want to be correct. You've ever been there? When you feel like you've been hurt, you only want to stab and not give compassion and grace and mercy. So we all have a, a sinful nature because we were born into sin. And you don't have to teach someone how to sin. We're inclined to it. It's our heart. It's our flesh. That battle we fight. And that vomit is a sin that we are coming back to. No, we don't want to go back to it, but it so entices us. It looks good and it feels good. And sin is disguised where it tempts you in the way you fall. So as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. See, we can break the cycle of sin because of Christ. We're not left alone. See, sin that rules and reigns in our hearts, it needs to be smashed in the name of Jesus. So if you have a, any problem of sin... I'm not saying it's going to be a one-day ordeal. It's a process. As you come closer to Christ, the more I get closer to Christ, draw near to him, 
this sin begins to bother me. Some of us aren't bothered by sin. And sometimes sin is a word that no one wants to hear, right? But it needs to be spoken about because if we don't know we're lost sinners, then we don't need a Savior. But we need a Savior who came to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to call not the righteous, right? But the sinners, as a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. Read with me 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Join me in reading. Now I want to remind you. All right, join me. Ready? 3, 2, 1. Now I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Y'all ready for verse 3? Yeah? All right, let's do it. For I delivered to you as of what? First importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. My friend, that is the gospel there. That, that, that's the gospel. That's the premise of chapel. It's not to make you feel good. The word of God will encourage you, but it's the gospel that must be proclaimed and preached here. If you don't hear the gospel, you just heard a good message. You get those everywhere. You go to Walmart, find one of those. It's the gospel that saves you. Paul says it's of first importance, right, that he preached. Now, if you ever had good news or something important, you told your best friends right off the back. Remember when you were talking to that girl or guy, you, were, you got so excited. You said, hey, I think she thinks I'm cute, and she's cute too. So you told your friends, and they were like, yeah, he's not cute. Why are you with him? Or yeah. But it was something important, and you cherished it, and you told your friends about it. I oftentimes think, do I, in my life, think the gospel is important? I have to ask myself these questions by my lifestyle. Do I resemble that I've been born again, that I've been saved? As Christians, we often get caught up of, I already, I've already trusted in Christ. I'm good now. I can do me. I can disregard what the church is saying. I can disregard what my, my pastors are saying. I can disregard what my small group is saying. My boyfriend and girlfriend, we're good. We, we, we've done that a long time ago. And our love for Christ go, grows cold. And now we ask ourselves, why do we feel so distant from God? We've chased and went back to what our flesh craves. That spiritual vomit of the mess that we left behind years ago. And we came to Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. But at the same time, as we walk closer to Christ, it seems like the darts are hitting you. And the sin that's trying to wrap around you, it's a fight. So if you're struggling with sin, welcome to the club. It means you're normal. But the thing is, Jesus isn't, didn't say to st just stay there. He says to fight for it. Not on your own means, but by the power of the Spirit. What sin clings to you? Do you believe in vain? Do you believe in vain? If I walk around, if I go to Dylan's or your high school or your family, do they know you're Christian? Some of you, you you've changed your, your life for Christ, but mom and dad still don't know. We're to be open about this. Open about our profession of faith. If this is important for my life, then my life will reflect it. I will no longer go back to that vomit. I will serve Jesus despite my friends. Despite being the only one serving Christ. In church circles, we get good at this. We go with each other to Christian events. 
and we get our feeling, and we go act. We walk out the building as if nothing happened. Matter of fact, the scripture is alive and active. It's going to pierce your hearts. But Paul says, I want to remind you, this is of first importance. What I received, that Christ died for our sins. What does that apply to my life? I don't even believe in Jesus. I don't even believe in God. I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic. I don't believe in this stuff. I was, I was hurt by a church. I was hurt by a pastor. I'm mad at God. I'm just here. Not by mistake. God has sovereignly placed you here. I want you to know that Christ died for our sins, that we've missed the mark of perfection. It's like, who plays baseball in here? Anyone? It's like the curveball you could never hit. Imagine it going 120 down the plate. You will never hit it. It's missing the mark of perfection of sin that we inherited from Adam and Eve. So we ask ourselves, Jose, why is, it, why is the world so evil? Why is there so much suffering? The world groans in sin. But Christians are called to be salt and light, lighting up this dark world and exposing sin, but also healing people. That Christ died for our sins. The Bible says if we've all fallen short, we've missed the mark. We've all fallen short of his glory. It's not our last name. It's not our education, where we work, your family. It's not going to be that that matters. That Christ did die. That he did, that he died and he was really buried in accordance with the scriptures. In verse 4, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. We serve a living king. He was raised according to the scriptures. This is the gospel that we must contemplate here. If Jesus really lived, how does that impact my life? Now, we can go on to non-Christian historical documentation on that. And we can have those conversations, but that's not the premise this morning. Help me read 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 19. This is a long one, okay? Y'all ready? Amen? And y'all are still asleep, so I need some help, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 13 through 19. Join with me. Verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. For you have been found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. Verse 16, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Of Christ, we have hope in this life only. We are all to be most pitied. This, is, this preaching is not in vain because we know Christ, he resurrected. Now, if Christ did not resurrect, we are wasting our time. It is in vain and you are still stuck in your sins and there is no hope. There's no pleasure that can fill you. There's no amount of money that can satisfy you. There's not amount of toys or cars you can buy to make you feel worth. Your accolades of your sports, you can never get high enough. You'll still feel empty. Have you ever reached a high in your life where you're like, yeah, I'm untouchable. It, it felt good. All of a sudden, ne next day, people move on. It says this, if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is in vain. But also it says, if Christ, in Christ we have hope in this life, we are to be pitied if Christ is still dead. If Christ is still dead, 
what is life about. It's not worth it. If Christ did not raise in your relationships, worthless. If Christ is not raised in the money you have in your bank, worthless. What is it to buy a couple cars, to buy a house, get married, have kids, and die, and go into nothingness? Is that it? I don't want that life. Is it nothingness? No, the Bible talks about a, a literal heaven and a literal hell. The Bible talks about one day we'll face the judgment of God. You'll stand in front of God Almighty. And what will you say to him, Lord? You know what? I know a couple scriptures. I, I, God, I, I went to Sterling College. Does that count me in? Well, God, I, um, I went to church a couple times. Or, God, I went through catechism a while back. I was baptized. Yeah, I went to the altar. I, I did one of those things. He'll say, depart from me. Wickedness, you know, I never knew you. Or he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. What is it as a, as a Christian? My call is not to resume a sin-filled life. It's, it's what I have to ask myself every day, Jose. What are you doing? Are you saying no to yourself and yes to being filled by the Spirit? I want to be controlled by God. I want to be controlled by God that my spouse would notice and how I love her. That my daughters would see how I love my spouse. That day, one day, when they grow up, they see what love is and how a man is supposed to treat his spouse. You know? We have to break the cycles of our parents. My parents were divorced. I don't want to be anything like them. Not before they knew Christ, right? And when sometimes you bring that hatred of mom and dad in that. But the way I live and the way I love God must be transforming my heart. It gives me joy to hear my three-year-old praying sometimes and asking about the cross. We watch YouTube stuff, and she talks about Jesus now. Whoa, no one told me that, you know, before I had kids, that my kids would be able to talk right now. So it's all dumbfounding for me. But I want to be so connected to the scriptures and so connected to God that my wife notices it. My ministry is my home. It's my babies. It's my spouse. If that falls apart, this is in vain. Your ministry is now in your class, in your sports, in your productions. It's what you do now. You're called to serve Christ now in this setting, not when you finish your degree. It's now. So as a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. What are you struggling with this morning? If you say nothing, the Bible calls you a liar. And you may not be human. What are we struggling with? The best part about it is, is there's a God that came to save you, to set you free from this bondage. To have you experience life and life abundantly, not a boring life of, of obeying decent rules, do's and don'ts, but living freely in Christ. That no matter what I do, I glorify him if I live according to his word. And if I live according to his word, my relationships will exemplify this in my academics, in my athletics, in my productions. Everything I do will be in the name of Christ. It will no longer be because of a leader, a coach. It will no longer be about me impressing others, but me giving God my talent, my craft, my skill, and to glorify him. Because people will let us down. You've already aware of this. Some people have made you mad this past semester. And you're not friends now, but you will be back in the fall. And you need a break. People, we're, we're, we're not stable, but God is stable, and salvation is secure in the name of Christ. So my, my encouragement is not to go back to it. If it means leaving that relationship, go. Because oftentimes, we stay in relationships because it feels good for us, is because 
the guy you're still dating is still a boy and he has abandonment issues and he has jealousy issues. Or she, you're still dating her because she likes the security and it's based on the physical foundation and you realize it's nothing. And it's convenience. Is that the vomit you continue returning to? If it is, let it go and pursue God. What is your, what's your vice? Is it language? You know, is it, is it, is it the mouth? Is it language? Well, it's just the way I talk. You know, I always ask myself, would I, would I want you around my daughters? Would I want you around my, my parents, my grandparents? It's, it's just my culture. Right? Is it my speech and my poisonous to you? Do I always say something negative about you when I see you? Do I always degrade you when I see you? But do I encourage you? Do I speak life into you? Do I speak grace into you? And Colossians says that your speech. That my speech be seasoned with salt. Is it enhancing? If your mouth is what's causing you to go back to the vomit, say, Lord, here's my mouth. I need help. I need help. And we're not perfect, okay? But I'm saying, if it's your vice, don't go back to the vomit. If it's our image, our identity, who we are and what we have, that's meaningless. If it's a title that we hold to our security, it can be taken away. It can be stripped away. Do you think God the Father, he loves us so much that he will he'll discipline his children? See, my daughter Brielle, she gets, she's at the point where she likes to run out in front of, um, well, you know, shopping. She likes to run out. So I've got to teach her, hey, look left and right. Do you think as a father would I let my baby just run out? Go ahead. Go to Zuka. No. Call DHS if I do. I love my babies so much that I'm willing to discipline them. God the Father loves my babies more than I love them. He loves you as a Christian, a son of God, a daughter of God, that he will not let you stay there because his plan is better than the vomit. His plan is better for you. He has something that he's created before the foundation of the earth, that you ought to walk on that. Jesus is better than that relationship. He's better than that high. He's better than that momentary pleasure. He's better than that. Why go back to it? He's created something in store. Why well, I like it. It's, it's who I am. My prayer is this. That you say, you know, Lord, I, I'm not perfect. And yes, I do struggle with language. I do struggle in this relationship. That I do know we do cross the boundaries and I don't know if I can come to you. I feel like I struggle every single day on this. And God, I do not like people in here. God, I have a personality conflict. There's someone that just, we didn't get along last semester. Some on my team that kind of upset me. Give that to God. Don't go back to that vomit. Don't go back into that darkness. It's not no way to live. How do you live in that? As a dog returns to its vomit, so also a fool repeats his foolishness. We have good news. There's always good news. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and 55, when the perishable puts the imperishable and the mortal puts the immortality, then shall come to pass saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Jesus Christ paid our sins on the cross and sin was paid once and for all fully atoned according to Hebrews, and Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice. He was born of a virgin, yet without sin. He didn't relinquish his deity. 
And it was his, the will of the Father to crush his son on that cross. And Christ submitted to the will of the Father. And Christ was mocked at, spit upon, beaten, nailed to the cross. He was yelled, crucify him. He let Barabbas go. But Jesus had compassion for the people, for they were lost without a shepherd. The resurrection should be why I live for, because I, I serve a living king, and death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus is victorious over my life. He's victorious because I can let that stuff go. I don't have to go back to it, even though I really want to. Jesus is better than that vomit. Christian. We serve a living king. It shouldn't be just an Easter that we talk about it. My motivation shouldn't be just for an accolade or another letter behind my name or a title, but to serve Jesus in whatever capacity he leads me. I like um, C.S. Lewis. He's one of my go-to guys. Near Christianity, if you haven't read it, I recommend you. That's a good summer read. I'll read this quote, and I'll close with this. This quote may uh, irritate you, but that's the premise of it. I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, that is Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. It gets better here. He would either be a lunatic on the level of the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else is a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I pray that for the one who hasn't fallen at Jesus' feet and said, you are my Lord and Savior. You died for my sins. You took that on the cross and that you were buried and three days later you rose in defeat. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. It's not a result of anything I can do. It's a gift of God so that no one may boast. Father, I pray, Lord, I don't want to go back. Help me fight this good fight. Help me fall in love with you more. Sin has to be fought off, Lord. We are called to be salt and light. For the Christian in here that's just hurting and they feel like there's no hope, I pray they look to the cross, they look to the forgiveness, they look to the redemption in Christ. Let I pray that for the person who does not understand or does not want to believe, they would contemplate this. Jesus, you say who you are, and you are king, and you are Lord. I pray we, we would just seek you and find you while you are near. May you bless everyone this week in Christ, and we pray. Amen, amen.